your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we got a good one for you today. Uh, got a bit of a day off for the Blues, no games today. Uh, and Tommy already graciously covered last night's game, so we're not going to talk about that a whole lot. Instead, we're going to get into uh, one of the weirdest topics of uh, incredibly weird season, and that is the Vancouver Canucks not playing over the past month and then having to play t- practically 20 games in 30 days or something crazy like that. So we're going to talk about that as well as some of the prospects in the Blues system because they've been making some noise. But before we get into that, just want to remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, so for those of you that don't know, the Vancouver Canucks have not played a hockey game since March 24th. Today is April 15th, so that's a little less than a month ago. That's like three weeks ago. That's crazy, and now they're... They've been dealing with COVID scares, obviously, and now they're playing 19 games in the next 30-something days, like 31 days, as well as six back-to-backs. It's going to be awful. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's definitely going to be awful, and I feel like it's awful from a lot of different standpoints because uh, I know a lot of people around the league, and especially on Twitter, are talking about like making fun of them and saying like, well, you didn't cut, you didn't follow like COVID protocol. So like you did it to yourself and all these things. But from what I understand, it's a different strain of COVID. It's like the Brazilian one or whatever. So it's, if the virus itself is evolving to basically hurdle all these measures that we put in place to prevent it, uh, it, even if they did follow COVID protocol to a T, which they very well could have, um, it's, it, it's very possible that they still could have all got infected and still ended up in the same scenario. So, uh, I feel nothing but sorrow for all these players and the symptoms that they're going through. And then, like you said, having to play so many games at the end, of, at the end of your season and, uh, Gary Bettman trying to get them on the ice as fast as possible instead of caring, concern for his players first, uh, and making sure that they're okay, I feel like is problematic. And JT Miller talked about that a little bit yesterday. Uh, and it was nice to see the Vancouver Canucks official account tweet about it and gain traction for it because I feel like it is a very important topic, especially now um, with everything that's been going on with COVID and the vaccines and nearing the end of it. Uh, that this is the kind of stuff that you should take with patience, right? It shouldn't it shouldn't be like a oh like well we have to get it like we can't avo- avoid a, another a backfall here like you can't you can't take another step backwards but really like you can afford to because there are vaccines out and they are coming and people are getting better and it is less likely for you to be affected now so for a team like Vancouver that's had a season uh like it has and struggling the entire way to have to go through this as well and then basically get in a war of words with the league because the league isn't looking out for them uh I think that sucks just as a whole and literally as we're having this conversation uh Jim Benning GM of the Canucks releases a statement um, calling for a few additional days of, of time off for the Canucks, basically saying a lot of our guys, yes, they've gotten through the COVID screening, 
but they're not in hockey shape yet. They need a few extra days of recovery. And you look and and you you hear the reports of of you know guys out of breath walking down the hall or whatever, you know, through simple warm ups. It, it it has a long lasting effect. I mean, something that really struck me. Uh, news came out: Jason Tatum, uh, St. Louis native, star of the Boston Celtics. Uh, he recovered from COVID, I think, two months ago, um, and you could really tell it impacted his play. Uh, to getting fatigued easier. News came out that he now has to take an inhaler before every game, something he never had to do in his entire life. But now, you know, you have a professional athlete requiring an inhaler, so this it's some serious stuff. I and that's three months out. I I can't even imagine these guys that are days days past recovering from this horrible disease, much less a new strain being asked to go out and compete at the highest level um, playing hockey. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is that you have to take into consideration is like, we're all like kind of in the same boat as like individuals trying to just navigate our way through this thing. Like there are days that I wake up and I don't want to get out of bed just because like this whole dark cloud is looming over us and it still hasn't gone been gone and we can't like live our normal lives and have been able to uh, for an entire year now. Uh, but it, you take that and then put it into like an athlete's life, much less a professional athlete's life. I, I feel like it just has to multiply by tenfold. Uh, and going and listening to like all the all the preparations um, that they go through, like before each game, before each practice to make sure that there's no contamination and no possible way that these players could have anything inside of them or have anything come in contact with them. Even just that by itself sounds exhausting to me. Uh, who just wakes up and it's hard for me to get out of bed and go make myself a bowl of cereal. So it's easy for us to get caught up in like sports and be like, oh, these guys need to play better. Like, I don't like this guy's attitude. It looks like they just like don't want to be there and aren't skating. But at the same time, like trying to play hockey through a pandemic, trying to play hockey without fans, all those things that we talk about all the time. um, It's not the same. It's definitely not going to be the same. It's like that new normal that we've talked about forever now. Uh, and as much as we tell these guys that they're going to have to get used to it, um, there's a very possible chance that they never get used to it. And then they only return to form when, uh, society returns to form. So I think I'm definitely guilty of it too. And I know a lot of people on Twitter get up in arms about it as well, but, uh, I do think we should take it a little bit easier on these guys because it is a very difficult time for everybody. And like I said, probably even a more difficult time for athletes. I think that we, we one theme that we go back to a lot on this podcast is moments that kind of make you stop and remember that these guys are human. And it's very easy for us as fans and as you know us hosting the podcast to look at these guys as part of our job and just like, oh, yeah, player X did this tonight and we're going to talk about it. And it's easy to just, you know, go through the motions and, and, and kind of forget that at the end of the day, b- besides the two hours that we watch, you know, once every other day of these guys, they, they have lives that they live. They have families and, and anxieties and, and fears and struggles. And especially during COVID having to, you know, play a game at 9 p.m., get off the ice at 11.30, get back to their hotel, can't fall back to sleep, waking up at 5 a.m. the next morning to go get tested again because you got a game that day, going to a, taking a bus to another city. These these lives lives of these players are drastically altered, and it, it's it's too easy to kind of take that for granted and forget how much, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, they're making a whole lot of money and they're playing a game that they love, but they're making sacrifices, and, and it's, it's unfortunate to see that being ignored. Yep, 100%. 
I completely agree. Now, before we continue today's episode, we got a new sponsor today. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at a fair price. That is 1010, like the number spelled out. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com, and then just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring that she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. And when we return, we're going to get into Clem Costin, Colton Ellis, and so many more of the Blues' uh, impressive prospect depth. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right. Now, one one interesting um, domino effect from the Vancouver Canucks situation. Um, they had to call up a couple of their AHL goalies which, as you don't know, or if you may not know, the Blues share an AHL team with the Vancouver Canucks because it seems like we always like to share an AHL team. So a couple of Blues players got more opportunities to play that they weren't having. Yeah, so uh, Joel Hofer uh, made his debut, I believe it was earlier this week. Uh, lost his first game, but on Tuesday he got his first win, and he stopped 24 of 25 shots, uh, and the Utica Comets won 5-1 to one over the Syracuse Crunch. So he's got, it's like an 897 save percentage right now in two games in the AHL, which is obviously a very small sample size, but that's promising to see. Like, oh, it's such a young prospect for the Blues, already making waves in the A, well, not making waves, but making making starts in the AHL. Uh, you love to see that at any time, especially a guy like Joel Hofer, who uh, Blues fans, you remember from watching World Juniors, he just absolutely lit the world on fire for Team Canada had like a 9.47 save percentage or something stupid throughout the tournament. So expectations are high for him, as well as Colton Ellis, who is 22-1 on the season. 22 wins, one loss in the QMJHL for the Charlottetown Islanders. He's been playing out of his mind. 9.27 save percentage. Like I said, 22-1, 1.77 goal against average, and seven shutouts on the year. Through 23 games... Colton Ellis has more wins than he has years on this earth. Yeah. That's something special that's, right there. That's that's a fun stat. And he's the he's um, the same age as Joel Hofer too. So I obviously like anytime you have two promising goalie prospects in your system like these two guys, uh that's excitement. But the fact that they're the same age, the fact that they're in the same system, the fact that they'll be at the same training camps watching each other and competing against each other, I think that's only going to make them even better because they are each other's competition, you know? So everyone's going to be vibe. And I mean, Billy Huso's fine and he's doing great right now, but I could definitely see these guys like pushing for that backup spot or even like if Jordan Bennington continues to struggle, it could potentially be like a one and two tandem in the NHL. Yeah. And, and we talk about it all the time, you know, goalies are so weird 
and you look at the, today's goalies in the NHL, and there there are a few goalies that just came into the league. You know, the, the, the top, if you look at the top goalies, how many of those guys came into the league or, or even came into a draft and were expected to be a world-beating goalie? Not very many. You know, there's not a whole lot of players at that position that are coveted from their, you know, 18 years old to retire. A lot of these guys come up like Jordan Binnington style, 23, 24, 25 plus years old, and just say, oh, yeah, you've been missing out. And I feel like it's been a while since the Blues have had an exciting prospect at the goalie position, not to take credit away from, you know, the great tandem that we have in net right now. I think Jordan Bennington's an amazing goalie, and I think Billy Huso's done a fine job this year. But it's nice to, to be excited about that because, it, as we know, it's such an important position. It can be such a difference maker for your team. And who knows what the goaltending situation is going to look like three or four years from now when those guys might be reaching their, their peak in terms of get being ready to start at an NHL level. Or, like you mentioned before the podcast, Matt Murray, you know, started his cup run with the Penguins at age 21. Who knows? Crazier things have happened. We could see one of those two guys in the Blue Note next season. I, I'm not saying I expect it, but goalies are weird. You never know. And and it's Doug Armstrong's um, loves to stack up the goalie cupboard. I think he's on record saying if there's one cupboard we're going to keep stocked, it's, it's the goaltending prospect cupboard. And it's a good reason why. Yeah, it's probably a good cupboard to keep stocked. Um, you're talking about seeing these guys play for the Blue Note one day. One guy that everyone is up in arms over seeing play in the Blue Note, specifically this season, uh, is Clem Costin. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen because the Avangard Omsk won Game 7 and, and will be going on to the finals in their playoffs. So it doesn't look like Clem Costin will be coming back to the Blues this season. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think the development for Clem Costin, I mean, you look at him, he's 21 years old. He's basically uh, the ideal archetype of a player, of a Craig Berube player. I mean, a guy that can play with skill, uh, absolutely knock your teeth in, play with grit, and will f- fight for his teammates all the time, plays emotionally. I think he's uh, there's a lot of things to like about Clem Costin, so it makes sense that Blues fans want to see him here early as possible. But you look around the league and Kirill Kaprizov, uh, who is competing for the Calder Trophy right now, is 23 years old and he spent a lot of time in the KHL. So obviously that transition from the KHL to the NHL is a little trickier than most. Uh, if you're playing in the AHL for a long time, it's a much more similar game. As like Josh was talking about before the podcast, it's a lot harder to score in the KHL. So even looking at Klim Kostin's stats right now, I think he's sitting at 7 goals, 11 assists, so 18 points in 43 games played for the Omsk. That's pretty solid, and if you convert that to like AHL numbers, he's de- he's having a better season this year than he was last year. He's got 4 goals and 3 assists in the playoffs. Uh he had 2 assists in the game in the game 7 that they just played. So, I uh, I think there's a lot of promise there and a lot of things to be excited about with Clem Costin, but like I said, let's be patient and let him evolve into right. the player that we know he's capable of being. Right, and, and it's important to note that like you look at his numbers over in the KHL and they don't look the best, but KHL is a tough league to score in, like we said, and even if it may have been it may have been nicer to have Costin over here in the AHL just to call him up as you please, sure, but look at the look at look at um Joel Hoffer just got his first start of the season last week. Um, and he has great potential, great promise. You know, they're sharing sharing the team with another franchise. So Clem Costin was never going to get the minutes he deserved over here. Um, 
And the KHL is a great league for development. Like we've seen with a lot of guys that have come over, like Artemi Panarin, Kirill Kaprasov. It's great for, for bringing these players into NHL-ready studs as soon as they step foot back in America. So it, this is probably not, this is definitely the best thing for Kostin's development. I think the KHL is great for his play style as well. It, it, it um, enhances physicality and, He's it allowed him to thrive in that aspect. I think as soon as he's ready to come for the Blues, he's going to come in and make an immediate impact. But like Tommy said, in the meantime, we got to be patient for sure. Yeah, like we said, and just because he's Russian doesn't mean you have to rush him, right? And I think that I I think that <laughs> I think that falls in line with Nikita Alexandrov too, because uh, I don't know about you guys, but I haven't heard a lot about Nikita Alexandrov lately. The Blues drafted him in the second round of 2019. He's currently playing for Cuckoo on loan. He's got three goals, six assists, so nine points in 28 games played. And I think Jim Thomas just tweeted out that Cuckoo uh, will be starting their playoffs. Or they just started their playoffs on Thursday, and they lost the wildcard playoff opener 4-1. to one. So it might be a good idea to keep an eye on him. But he's one of those guys, like, if you're tr- trying to compare him to a player, it'd be a guy like Ryan O'Reilly. Like, he's definitely your stereotypical, like, two-way guy who can give you goals and also play solid defense uh, in the in the back end. Uh, but he's got he's a long way away, but I'm excited about him. And tell you what, Tommy, if you're ever in the mood to get excited about auto parts, because who isn't, you got to check out rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now nearly impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry when you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket? They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks to delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. You can see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so we know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, and one last word from our sponsor. This one's from betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Now, football might be over along with college basketball, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing along with the MLB getting started up as well. So BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Maybe sports aren't your thing. They got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a free 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. That's promo code Blocked On at betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts use that code for a free 50% bonus along with your first deposit. All right, Tommy. Before we wrap this one up, I know we're talking about prospects. I know we're talking about the Vancouver Canucks, but the Blues did just suffer a tough loss last night at the hands of the Colorado Avalanche. I know you got into it yesterday, but I haven't had the chance to talk about it yet. So what do you think the implications are for the rest of this season? What do you what do you like from that game? What didn't you like? Can this team make the playoffs? 
Well, I do want to say we were, we were talking about prospects, and the last prospect I want to talk about was Jake Neighbors because we did have him on the pod, and he's a Ooh, of he's course, a friend of, of the pod. Uh, Twelve games played. Five goals, seventeen assists, so twenty-two points in twelve games played for Jake. For Jake the Snake, he's a plus nineteen for the Edmonton Oil Kings in the WHL right now, playing out of his mind. So that's all I wanted to say. I think we were definitely right about uh, his his timeline and what he's looking at in the the path of his career. Fantastic expectations for the kid, and he's he's knocking him out of the park. But as far as what you were talking about, the outlook for the rest of the season, um, I will say I it, yesterday was a tough one uh, just because the Blues had a chance to go up and get a little safety blanket uh, on the Arizona Coyotes because the Coyotes lost, uh, have been losing for a while now. It didn't happen. We didn't win. We could have been up three points. I think we're up one right now instead. So that Saturday game looms a lot larger than it would have if you beat Colorado, which is obviously a very tall task. But I, I do think Saturday's game is going to be a bloodbath because both teams are looking at it, looking at it as a must win. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But I do think this team is still capable of making the playoffs. And once you get your foot in that door, uh, I, I think we talked about it with Stewie last time on the pod. But I do think this team is a lot more physical, a lot more gritty, plays a lot harder than they have been. But I think they've been doing that strategically because they want to leave some left in the tank for the playoffs. So I think once the Blues get into the playoffs, we'll see an entirely different beast of a team that we haven't really seen all season long. I would tend to agree. I think whether it's health of the players or a drastic hole in the game, I don't think that there are very many games that we've seen from a complete Blues team this year. And you could use that as a criticism, sure, that they they don't have consistency. But I think one thing that that is for sure when, when it comes to this Blues team and is that they they can bring it when when it matters, and I think we've seen that this season. We saw that in the cup run, um, and yeah, I think all you got to do is make the playoffs, as we've seen. Um, you know, if if you're if you're trying to deny that, then you weren't watching two years ago. But all you got to do is make the playoffs, get hot at the right time, and I think what Tommy said is perfect. That you know this team has the potential to be a completely different beast. They're already difficult to play against, but. Like you said, they're not quite up to, to full speed like we know where they can be. And I do agree that it's probably a little bit of strategy in there as well, that the the way that the Blues play in, in the playoffs takes takes a toll on, yeah, the other team, but also them. So definitely could see them kind of conserving a little bit of energy for playoff time. But we are getting to the point in the season where you got to start treating games like playoff games. So I think Saturday is going to be the first of very many fun terrifying games that the blues are going to play in the next few weeks especially when playoffs are coming around like you need teams to have like playoff warriors guys who just completely uh take hold of the games in the playoffs and set the tone uh, whether it be with their physicality whether it be with their goal scoring or whether it be with both and i think a guy like sammy blay we've talked about it before is definitely falls into that category because he can play whatever style if you're going up against Colorado, he can use that skill. If you're going up against Vegas, he can play a little more physical. So I think he's he's getting hot at the right time. It's perfect for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, if he if we do get into the playoffs, I think he's going to make a ton of noise and probably be due for a hefty raise here in a couple of years. So that should be a lot of fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a exciting few weeks, few months, few seasons. And hey, we're going to have it all covered here on the Locked on Blues podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That way you'll never miss 
an upload from us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Lockdown Blues. Follow me on Twitter and Locker Room at Josh Hyman NHL. I'm excited. Hopefully, we can get another one of those done this weekend potentially. You can follow Tommy on Locker Room and Twitter as well at TWelcher15. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.